0: Well, welcome to After Hours with me, Rick Kogan. My first guests have are familiar with <coughs> excuse me, familiar with this show and the studio. Paul Teato and Tom Myers uh, have yet another book out. You guys are incredibly prolific. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Rick. You gotta talk closer to the mic. You should know this. You're like a radio professional now. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. The book is called South of Cermak, Chicago Stories. It is dedicated. To the Southsiders who make their neighborhoods what they are, Uh, they're not the same as they were when you two grew up. You know what I mean? There have been many changes, but you really do evoke a time and a place so well in this. How did the two of you start to write together? Tom? Um,
1: I was fresh out of the Navy and living in San Diego, and Paul was working on a novel in chicago uh going to a uh, writing workshop and uh i had studied writing in college yeah and uh we had talked about going to uh he he came to writing classes with me because i said you should come and do this it's good did you guys
0: meet in college we did
1: we met on the first day of school in 1969
0: what school was that
1: knox college galesburg illinois
0: and you went there to become a writer well
1: yes I mean, I, I took I took writing classes. That's what I, that was my major.
0: Paul, what were you doing there?
2: Studying what? My major was psychology, minor in sociology, and then Tom introduced me to the writing classes, and I loved them.
0: Had you written as young people, high school? I mean, w- w- what gave you the idea, Tom Myers, <laughs> I, that, you, that you were going to become a writer? The, the truth is, I, w- I wrote something for- that would always please someone's parents, saying, "Yeah, well, I'm studying writing." <laughs>
1: yeah, my father, the truck driver, loved yeah, it. Yeah, sure. No, but I, I had a journalism teacher in in high school. And he told me that I was such an ornery guy, and he said it in a different way. He said, "There's nothing you could possibly do but be a writer because you don't have to, you don't have to be around other people. So you should you should learn to do something that's solitary. And being a writer is one of those things." Where'd you grow up? Uh, in Cleveland. Okay. So, yeah. On the east but side.
0: you guys obviously hit it off tremendously, and you stayed friends as you went into the Navy and became an admiral or whatever you did you became you became you, you it was your career
1: yeah it was my career i was not an admiral but i was my career and i retired from the navy after 28 years and uh I, actually my writing skills in the navy were very good because you do a whole bunch of writing in the navy. do you really for but, what for evaluations for reports for i mean just all kinds of stuff that other people sweat over and i would knock out like you know i'd have to write 30 awards for my guys that worked for me did
0: you do any other kind of writing did you write fiction while you were in the navy, or no,
1: I read a lot. <laughs>
0: I read a lot. You, uh, Paul, uh, got in the healthcare business.
2: Uh, yeah, I worked in healthcare for about thirty-five uh-huh. years, uh, and uh, I wrote a little bit while I was working. What? Uh, mainly, I wrote sort of grungy children stories for my two sons. Okay, and I okay. and uh, they loved them, and the people who helped me write them uh, loved them and uh how do you mean helped you write them what who, who, who do I how a, do they help i'm a storyteller so the way initially i wrote my stories when i was working in healthcare is i would dictate them and then one of my assistants would type them really and then i would look at it and i would try to change the punctuation and get the right uh things done in sure. terms of conjugation and the the people who helped me write. I'm saying, you mind if I give this to my grandson or my granddaughter? Right? And I, no, I didn't give my kids
0: those stories. Those are yes, R-rated. Give, you cannot give and these my stories were, in South of Cermak, no, Chicago no. Stories, to children. That is, a, correct, it is not correct. a kid's but, book.
2: But that's how I got started, along with when I was in writing class with Tom in 1970, 71,
0: 72. I
2: wrote stories, but then I just let it go because I
0: Went to work. So what was the moment when your collaborative writing career took flight? I mean, you you guys stayed in touch while you went through your various careers. And you, obviously, Tom, you were all over the world being in the Navy. Uh,
1: Uh, I was living in Coronado, California, okay, um, in a a garage, really, that had been converted, as much of Coronado is. And Paul told me he was uh, working on this book, and he would like – me to read it and tell me what I, you know, tell him what I thought, and we started reading and he said, well, what do I do? I said, well, we're going to get on the phone, and we're going to read it line by line, and we're going to rewrite this. Wow. And, and so we started rewriting it, and, and that was Pasta Man, his first novel. Yeah, and it, I remember it. You know, the, the byline says, with Tom Myers, because it's his story. Sure. He started from the beginning. He had like 250, 300 pages at that but time. But
0: you I obviously think. you obviously saw something in there oh, that, yes. that, that you wanted to work with.
1: Exactly. First of all, I know, you know, I've known him for, you know, at that point, 40 years yeah. or plus, and I wanted to help him. And secondly, I was like, this is a wonderful story. It needs to be told. Wow. So...
0: And from that point on, grew the collaboration.
1: Correct. He he was in San
2: Diego, and he used to come to Chicago, and I'd go to San Diego and visit him. So he came to Chicago once. My son had a dog, and he said, well, you watch my dog, because he had a business trip. My son was gone for eight days, and we holed up eight straight days, probably eight, ten hours a day, in Humboldt Park, in my son's condo, and we knocked off a ton of that book. That poor
0: dog, did you ever take him out for a walk? Never Never walked for for a walk. walk. He starved and howled. That place must have been a mess. We will continue on with uh, Paul Teatro and uh, Tom Myers talking about their career, and we will get to their latest book, South of Cermak. They'll be at uh, Augie Alexi's brilliant, wonderful Centuries and Sluice next Sunday, and we'll talk about that, too, so stay tuned. The person who really runs this show is uh, Krista Flores, the engineer. It was her birthday yesterday, so if you want to send her a present, just send it to three hundred three East Wacker Drive, uh, and happy birthday, Krista. I'm talking to uh, Paul Teato and Tom Myers, whose latest book just published. I, you're actually your your event next week at next Sunday at Century and Slaus is the official publication date. i'm jumping the gun here we've heard how they first started to collaborate that collaboration has only gotten deeper because you guys you guys work together yes yes we do (coughs) we go over every word of everything we write together how is a story born uh this this collection has something like i don't know 15 20 stories maybe i I think it's 20 and then 20 stories i'm going to read the beginning of one of them uh And then you will tell me. You'll get behind the mystery of this collaboration. Uh, This story begins, Fat Louis the Butcher had thick arms, short and covered with hair, a bloody apron draped over his barrel chest and a large stomach. His gnarled fingers could decide which way to go, twisting out of his leathery hands, a nose that went about three different ways before it came to a purple-veined bulbous stop. I never saw him without an unlit cigar large in the corner of his mouth. Maybe five eight, two thirty, two forty, like a gorilla. Spent time in the ring was the word on the street in the Bronx before he got to Chicago. How is that, how was that story, which is titled "Fat Louis the Butcher"? How was that story born?
1: Well, the, the way we work <coughs> is Paul, Paul, as you said, is a you know award-winning storyteller. Yes, and so he puts down. More than an outline, but less than a
0: finished a story. A narrative.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so we start with that, and we decide who the characters are going to be, and then word by word, we craft that in together, over the phone or in the same place, depending on what our lives are doing at the time, and we we rewrite it to the point that we're happy with how the words work. Wow. Paul's the storyteller, and I'm the wordsmith.
0: I, I, I wonder, because it seems to me that... Almost every one of the 20 stories in this book are based on, if not real life, at least people and stories you have known for a long time. Uh, Is Fat Louis a real person? Fat
2: Louis the Butcher was a real person. His shop was at 77th and Greenwood, and it was called Louis. Yeah. And that was, it was a butcher shop. And uh, my family owned an Italian delicatessen, but it was not competitive because he was purely a butcher. Right. And I could close my eyes and see his face, see the cigar, see his bushy eyebrows, see the bloody apron jumped sure. over his, his belly. And I just started to talk to Tom about it, and we started to wordsmith. And the, that, the young that boy. Actually that actually
0: sounds story. like a, a, an amazingly enjoyable way to collaborate is it enjoyable for you two guys or do you ever say uh tom ah, god i don't want to hear about that guy that guy sounds like an idiot that guy's boring that woman's uh, not interesting
1: what, one of the great things is is that we've known each other for over 50 years yeah so we have no ego involved in this. sure and we will argue about things and we will have discussions about well is he this guy or is he that guy uh-huh. And you know and Fat Louie was the butcher on the South Side of Chicago and the the butcher on East 108th Street in Cleveland was a skinny guy but he had some many of the same traits and so now, it, was, it all worked your, together. was the
0: neighborhood in which you grew up Tom Myers was it is and you must know a great deal about the neighborhood in which Paul Tiana oh, grew up w- were they similar
1: They are similar
0: uh-huh. they are
1: similar I uh, I grew up on the East Side of Cleveland the West Side is the fancy side yeah. you know unlike and like Chicago, it's divided by a river rather than the freeway or an expressway. Yeah. But, uh, but yes, it, it, the Lower East Side, I went to a high school that w- had uh, like 7,000 students, Jeez. race riots. It was it was, it was was full of all the things, good and bad, that the South Side has.
0: Paul, where'd you go to high school?
1: I went to Thornridge High School
0: uh.
2: in far, far South, uh, up near Oakdale Gardens sure. on the far South sure. Side in Dalton. And... Uh, yeah, my my father and mother were working class people. My father was illiterate, and uh, and our Tom's father and my father got along because they used to crack jokes about me and Tom.
0: Probably, <laughs> what's with our kids? What's with nothing. these two lunatics? What are they here? We are fifty years still hanging out together. And now, this book was it? Your it, it cannot be your idea when you sit down. You're just working on a story. You don't know where the story's going to go. You don't know when the story finishes but you do finish a story was it was it your notion to collaborate on a series of stories that short stories that would make a book the first story in this book is not short correct it's relatively lengthy some of the others are two or three pages and they move very very well uh it's so different you've done it writing a novel and writing a short story Talk to me about the differences between those two art forms uh,
2: I enjoy writing short stories more than a novel in that there's a quicker ending, yeah, and it 's not so darn hard right uh, sure the The novel is like a long journey, and it 's full of a lot of bumps and stuff like that, where the short story is shorter. And it seems to be more of what fits me, so mm-hmm. when I've written the novels with Tom, I try to write short stories in the chapters because then I feel like and we've talked about it let's make a chapter like a beginning, a middle, and an end, but leads to something else yeah. and and uh. Uh, I enjoy the short stories basically because of the, the length, and I enjoy the opportunity to try to put in a beginning, middle, and end. Sometimes, like you say, in four pages and sometimes 20 pages. And Tom works well with both of those. I mean, he kind of keeps me on track because there's been like a million times where he says, what the heck? He doesn't say heck, though. Are you trying to get at here in this (coughs) sentence? Because it doesn't make any sense.
0: You know, there there are stories in the book that read almost, uh, and take this as a a compliment, almost like uh, poetry uh in narrative poetry i take for instance and i want you to talk to me about this story too both of you gentlemen 60 bucks a week tell me about that story what's the birth of that story
1: well that, that's definitely paul's father um and uh and his travails in the uh in the factories
0: well it's, it, it's in its way and it's only one two three and a half pages and it's kind of to my mind it's brutal and sad I mean it. It, uh, it involves a terrible accident. This is something that happened to your dad, Paul. You know, on the way here, I was
2: with my friend Jeff, who's sitting right over there, and I was telling him about the accident that happened. My father worked in the factory making tape. Yeah, and uh, he was scraping an empty barrel. Barrel. Because he couldn't get any help, and a spark flew up, and fire. Caught his legs on fire.
0: Well, I got he wore, he, an Interesting part of it too is he, that he was wearing long underwear too during yep, this thing. Long underwear caught on fire. Legs burned. Had to go to Cook County
2: burn unit for a while. And, and we didn't have any money. I mean, yeah, right. Sixty bucks a week was what he got. And I, you can hear in my voice as I share that. I do. I viscerally remember getting home from school, and I never saw my old man before I got home from school. He was always coming home, and and I saw him. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And his legs looked terrible, and he went to work the next day. And that's when he collapsed at his machine and was taken to the hospital.
1: But the, the, the words of it, and, and because my father, at 18, was working in a portable sawmill in Kentucky and slipped and fell and cut all the fingers off his right hand, <coughs> then Good picked Lord. them up and drove 30 miles to the hospital.
0: Were they able to reattach them? No,
1: it was you know 1940,
0: right? So right. you know, the, right?
1: So it, th- those things didn't happen then. So we both have different input to that in terms of the you know the pain that's involved, and and so we we felt that <laughs> very. We were, that that's a story. starts very close to both of us. Uh, yeah, the story know, moved
0: me tremendously, yeah. and I knew. I mean, this is a story that would be, I think, uh, hard to invent. Frankly, right. I mean, you can you can sense, and you're you know you seem. Paul a little you know emotionally uh, grabbed by it, even now, I mean, you wrote it, and here it is in three and a half pages you also you guys have a real facility for dialogue i mean, everyone most every one of your stories is heavy on dialogue. How do you do that do you talk that out to each other do you we do yeah. we, uh, and again, paul is
1: a storyteller his dialogue writing <clears throat> is excellent yeah and uh and it needs it needs uh, It needs to be expressed, and then we we cut it down so that it 's the right length and it's the right work you know but but uh, paul 's dialogue is always outstanding, and that's that 's a mark of his storytelling too He, he hears what those people are going to say
0: very well what, what have been uh, I, I can sense I want to talk to both of you about what the What's the reward for you, Paul, in putting your stories—I know you're an incredibly capable uh, sort of oral storyteller in various places, but what, what's the joy for you of putting this down on paper?
2: That's it. I, it's joyful to me. It's it. It brings me joy to write these stories and to share them, because I'm—I'm— I'm, <clears throat> Deeply fortunate to have been raised in a family with people in the neighborhood yeah. that I was, in spite right. of the fact that there were challenges in the neighborhood. I feel really lucky to have been raised in that world because it helped me when I actually got a job to relate to
0: people. Sure, because I could exactly relate
2: sure. to them in ways in which we could communicate, break down some barriers. In 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 working in healthcare, I found that it's most important. To develop a relationship with a person if you're going to work with them on a team, and the way to develop a relationship is to say things, do things, share things that are meaningful and powerful besides the buck.
0: Right, of course. And Tom Myers just must be, you know, coming into this thing, just helping a buddy initially start to have, I'm going to help a buddy with his long, incredibly long, too long novel. <laughs> way too long uh, novel and but now this collaboration must be a, a, a great reward for you too yes yeah we look forward to it uh we work together
1: um you know sometimes for 8 or 9 hours but most of the time 2 or 3 hours we get together we t- you know we we talk about what's going on then we work on it sometimes we get stuck and argue about one word for 45 minutes to an wow. hour and we just can't get it right but we'll that's say,
0: great that's a great creative it, it, it is, but way it, to be it, it really is
1: it, it, not a lot of guys get to hang out with their friends for fifty years.
0: Well, on this kind of, and also not on this kind of deep emotional level. Right. I think that's great. The the book again is South of Cermak: Chicago Stories. Paul Teatro and Tom Myers. It's got a beautiful cover. We'll talk more about that and about this. Uh, great collaborative team. Once again, it is dedicated to the Southsiders who make their neighborhoods what they are. We'll be back after the news. Uh, Welcome back. While we were off air, we were just commenting on how beautiful is the cover to the long-awaited CD of my two friends, Ann and Mark Burnell, Two for the Road. Uh, It is a great cover. We'll talk more about that. The cover of your book, gentlemen, Paul Teato and Tom Myers, uh, South of Cermac, Chicago Storage, is also quite Striking. Where'd this photo come from? You took it, right? But I, you're so self-effacing. Yeah, I yeah, took yeah. it, but it wasn't really... Yeah. Wasn't, like, it wasn't my camera. It was, it was, <laughs> you took the picture, yes? I did, yes. I took the picture. <clears throat> okay. And you got... I think it's a w- wonderful, wonderful choice. You were published by uh, Literate Ape Press. What is that?
1: Literate Ape Press is a uh, is a small press. They have a uh, website called... Called the Literate Ape, mm-hmm. and they uh, started a, a print press as a result of that. It's um, it's uh, was based in Chicago. Uh, now it's kind of. Uh, it, all, can country. it can it be anywhere. It can be anywhere.
0: It can be anywhere. The right. book is, and you can order it, I'm sure, on Amazon and every other every other Amazon, conceivable and uh, website, South of Surmac, Chicago Stories. You're having your coming out party, so to speak, uh, this next Saturday, next Sunday, sorry, next Sunday at Centuries and Sluice. What are you going to do? Read from the book? What are you going to do? What do you do? You've done this before, gentlemen. Uh, what are you going to do at that event? We will, uh, we will do some readings, and then we'll try to uh,
2: get a discussion going, either from the readings or if people have read any of the short stories. I don't like to do a, a, a book signing or a reading and just talk at people. I'd rather talk with them and get them engaged and that type of thing. Who knows? Maybe we'll ask someone to read one for us.
0: <laughs> you never know. It depends who's there. It depends who's there. Your stories and your work guys, has been uh, very well received so far. I mean, there's a story in here. I'm reading the last, I think it's the last story of the book? It's near the last story. I think it is the last story. People got, it's a great title, People Gotta Eat, and I'm going, wow, that story is so familiar. Where did I read that before? It was uh, selected for, it's called Open Heart Chicago, a a collection of various local authors. Right, right. And uh, that was
2: part of a, an anthology uh and uh that book was uh edited by vince Falcone.
0: yeah right right, francon, right
2: i should say vince francon and uh he's with story studio in chicago
0: yeah now you paul tato have been part of a uh, writers group or started it. are you still
2: yes i am it's five old men yeah in the teacher is Vince, and uh, we have been meeting for about two years. Uh, I think the youngest guy is about 64. I don't want to say how old the oldest guy is, because I'd probably insult him. And I'm in the middle, and uh, we're guys who like to write, and uh, it's been... uh, Do you critique each other's work? We do. Vince is the primary uh, critic, but then we all give feedback to each other, and uh, we get together... Mostly due to COVID, on the phone, yeah, right, in between classes, and give each other feedback or try to help each other with the stories. Have you allowed
0: Tom to participate in this group?
1: Tom has
2: participated. Yes. What do you think?
1: I I have. It's a great. It's a great experience. How so? uh, Well, you know, having your stuff read by other people right away gives you immediate feedback, and we get a lot of we get Vince's feedback, we get the other five guys' feedback, and then and then we work it again. That's when we really get down to the you know to the nitty gritty. So we've got a lot of we've got some some readers already, and then we we work it to the so that we get it the way we want it.
0: Do you guys have a novel? Another novel in you? What do you think? I know novels are hard. I mean, no question about it.
1: Right now, we're not even talking about it.
0: You're just, we're, just trying to get just, this yeah, yeah, out.
1: We, yeah, we want to talk about this book
0: and promoted correctly.
1: You know, and and we're not. That's it's so much work, um, and. And we have other things to do also. Yeah, you have us. lives. Yeah. You have lives. So, you have uh, a
0: lovely girlfriend here. And exactly. So, Talk to me about this uh, story, people uh, got to eat. What's the seed of that? I mean, Paul, you said that your parents – this I was, may be based
2: yeah. a little on your parents. I was sitting at the dinner table in 1957. Yeah. It was a Wednesday night. We were eating spaghetti because most Italians eat pasta on Wednesday and Sunday. And my mother looks at my father, and she says, I bought a store. And my father worked in the factory, but he loved my mother, so we worked with her on that. And that's the store. That's pretty accurate in terms of uh, what went down. We, what we opened the store, and
0: it didn't work out. Because you, you were selling religious. She was were selling religious, uh, uh, artifact, not artifact, but religious stuff.
2: Yeah. My mother was Catholic, and she thought everybody deserved... Holy cards and statues, and (laughs) And little prayer books, and and everybody came in and read them while they were standing there, and looked at the statues, and talked for hours, and And left nice store, and they left. Yeah. And then one day, my father had a talk with my mother, and he said the famous words: "Grace, people got to eat. Let's sell statues and food."
0: And it was it was successful. It was
2: wildly incredibly successful, successful. incredibly successful South Side of Chicago. Pete's where was it? Where was the store? 78th and Ellis. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was about a half mile from where we lived.
0: And it was very successful until there was a, uh, a robbery.
2: Yeah. Someone came in the store, and uh, some things happened to my mom, and a couple weeks later, a month later, the store was gone.
0: Is it hard for you, both of you, to, in a sense, you have to live... In the past. You don't just have to visit the past when you're doing a book like this. You really have to live in the past for a while uh, and live with your memories and also trust your memories. Is is that part? That's an emotional part, I think, of writing.
1: But I think that once you start putting it down on paper, it becomes... It's like playing a character rather than being the character. Gotcha. You, you, gotcha. you get your distance from it. You can't. You do work through the emotions. You do work through those things. But as you develop the story, it takes on its own life and it becomes its own thing. So that you can see what that emotion means as a as an event rather than just your your own feeling.
0: You guys have known each other well for fifty years is there any surprise you've gotten to know about one another in doing you know this is there's friendship and then there's working on a book together friendship with a completely different level Uh, you've learned a great deal about one another yes any surprises
1: i don't i don't know that there's surprises there's there's events that come up there's a well, I don't remember hearing about that. And even though we've spent, you know, years talking to each other, there's always something new that, that arises that we find out, oh, well, how about that? And we learn things about, you know, your your views change over 50 years. You would and, think. And we talk about You how, would hope. Yeah, yeah, you would hope. And we talk about how, well, th- that used to make sense. And now, can, do you believe we did that? You
0: know, that type of thing. In but, some of the stuff in the book, I mean, you are, is, some of it is based in the past. Do you have... Are you haunted, either of you, by the past? I know there's something to putting it on paper and the the ghosts vanish or the ghosts are made more real. Uh, Does the past haunt you, too? Some of the things that I've done
2: in the past haunt me that I wish I could have done differently or didn't do at all. However, sometimes writing about them, sometimes talking about them, sometimes asking those who maybe I harm for forgiveness— helps a bit, not – it doesn't yeah, erase it. Yeah. And I think it's good that it doesn't erase it. Because I agree. I agree. The, the, the thing inside of me, the demon, whatever you want to call it inside of me, that prompted me to do something 50 years ago that I'm not proud of right, is still there, but I handle it better. And dealing with it, whether it be through writing, through making amends, helps me –
1: think before i do that kind of action
0: again interesting interesting so there's some therapeutic benefit
1: well to, we we know we can't it. unring that bell
0: yeah you know, it it's yeah. can't
1: be done so you so know, might as well write about it you, know, you might as well, well make, write about it Does it
0: makes paul yeah. screwing around as a young guy makes more, <laughs> more interesting stories than making amends we're going to take a break and we're going to get on the telephone uh... A guy you two guys admire tremendously, Augie Alexi, who is the owner of Centuries and Sluice, which is one of the great independent bookstores, not just in the Midwest or Chicago, because it's in Forest Park, but in in the country, I think. He is very active and has a ton of events. And we'll see what Augie has to say about you two guys. Uh Uh-oh. Stay tuned.